0: Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. I'm your host, Rohan, and as usual, i got Phil. Hey, Phil. Hey, Rohan. And we've got a special guest today, Anthony. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you guys doing?
2: Thanks for having me. This episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and ESP home projects. Configuration is done by the user interface, so there's no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. So, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm from Edmonton, so I'm you know I'm another Canadian. Uh, okay. Just enjoying the tail end of winter here. Um, <laughs> I uh, I work for an audio visual company, so my my life during the day is uh, is designing big integrated audio video systems that are controlled from touch panels and controlled with oh, voice wow. and whatever else. Cool. Um, so that's kind of my day job, and it kind of just naturally bled into some of my uh, my fun passions, my woodworking, as my wife calls it yeah
2: so. <laughs> nice. i like it so i'm guessing like big audio so you're doing like smart home specific stuff or corporate stuff like we're we're it?
1: all corporate yeah. um you know so I, I do boardrooms rec centers um you know i've done some really cool jobs where uh someone hits a button you know a, a button on a touch panel in yellow knife and 700 kilometers away on a mine site a tv turns on yeah um things like that so that's kind of kind of what i work in yeah nice.
2: that's awesome and that must give you like a whole bunch of cool ideas to use at your home right way too many yeah Yeah, (laughs) i like it (laughs) see i
0: I always feel like it's 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 like a plumber's plumbing right like for me for me like i have i have enterprise network gear at my house but it's again it's part of my lab stuff right so it's always broken right so yeah i don't know i don't know if you're the same there but
1: uh, similar I mean, I used to have a, a full a v rack in my basement loaded up and wired in, you know just yeah. like we would see on our job sites and dream. um so you know <laughs> i the the city wouldn't let me keep it when I properly rented my basement they didn't like where I had it, so I ended up getting rid of it but nice. uh, you know, it always it, you know, work's always putting really cool new ideas into my head. It's well if I do this for a client, why couldn't I do something like this at my house? Sure. Or vice versa. I've talked to a lot of clients about what I do in my house and they're like, Oh man, if we could do something like that in our boardroom it might be kinda cool. So
0: Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's so do cool. you do you primarily I mean homeworld, obviously you're you're on our podcast, so I I assume you use home assistant. I do, yeah. Um, and, and professional world, I mean, I know a lot of those systems are quite different, like whether it's Crestron, AMX, whatever, you know, whatever system it is that you guys, uh, prefer. Do do you translate? Do you say, okay, you know, I, I can rebuild this for you. Like, let's say you have one of those ideas to, or you pitch an idea to a customer that says, Hey, you know, it's cool. You're doing this at home. I want to do this here.
1: You know, there's there's been certain things that we've talked about. A lot of what I've done at home doesn't necessarily translate into into corporate world. Sure. Um, but you know, some of the things like you know, when I sit down at my computer, it does certain things in my office. It turns on my lights. It'll do certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, I have routines where I can you know ask she who shall not be named. <laughs> I can tell her, hey, I'm working from home. And by the time I get down the hallway into my office, all my apps are loaded, my ERP's logged in, and I'm ready to go without touching my machine. Nice. Um, Just you know, some of that kind of stuff, it's a really cool talking point even for clients, um, which has always been kind of neat. Yeah.
2: I I like to pull that apart a bit more if I can, just because that sounds like (laughs) Iron Man, and I'm really jealous. So, in terms of um, your setup, so what... Oh so you're using Windows Mac?
1: So I've made a recent switch so for for about the last fifteen years, I've been all Mac all the time yep. um, but recently in December, I made the switch back to Windows ten um so that's thrown a bit of a wrench in some things that I'm currently getting back to to working properly. Um, yep but what i was doing was i had keyboard maestro running on my imac um, and i had a big script in the background that would open and place my windows position my mouse type in characters um, do all that fun stuff and i could trigger it using the web server out of out of home assistant using a a command so i would just fire that i had a at a boolean that would trigger that and then reset the boolean back to off um, so it was always ready for the next day so um, and it was super handy
2: and I'm guessing t- you're using an Amazon Echo routine to be able yep. to fire that. And I'm guessing it's just in-home assistant that will turn off an import boolean to yep. trigger it. Yep.
1: basically it turns it on, it runs the routine, and then I always have them set so that five seconds later, it automatically yep. yeah. turns the boolean back off so that I'm ready the next morning to be able to tell it I'm working from home again. Right, right. Yeah. That is sick. So I'm I still, like I, I've got it kind of partially working using some stuff in IoT Link um, on my Windows box now, mm-hmm. um, but it's not quite there yet. Um, I've I've had a lot more difficulties getting that working again um, in Windows just because I don't know the programs as well. A lot of them are a lot more script-based versus, you know, drag and drop in Keyboard Meister. I'm not a coder. Right. So for me to start doing some of that stuff has been more difficult, but it's been a really fun learning experience too.
2: Yeah. Nice. So for me, I found that the the working from home toggle, I've just set up Google calendars for, right? Just so, you know, the house acts differently, you know, and then if I'm not working from home, I just delete the calendar event for the day. And then, yep. you know, um, but yeah, I, I do like the ability, you know, just on the floor, oh, I'm sick today or whatever. Just, you know, tell her that's it. I'm working from home today and bam, you know, yeah.
1: You know, and, and different world now I'm, I'm now permanently working from home. You know, obviously everybody made the shift, you know, a lot of people during COVID have made the shift to working from home and that's changed some of my automations and some of what I do. Um, But I've also made the decision to not go back. So, um, so, you know, that routine is going to be mostly not as useful anymore because every day I'm in this office. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I'm probably going to tie it to, uh, you know, to my alarm in, in, in my echo. So when my alarm goes off on a work day, it starts setting up my system or whatever. so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, makes sense. Nice and then, yeah, you could even tie in, like, again, like, like Phil was saying, like, if it's, a, if it's a public holiday or something like that, yep. read your Google calendar based on that, make an exception, right? Or exactly. whatever calendar you use, make an exception based on that. So yeah, that's nice. interesting. All
2: right, well, okay, so we're a couple of minutes in and we've already got some awesome ideas. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's take a step back. So how did you get started with Home Assistant? Have you always used Home Assistant for your home automation or did you start somewhere else? Um. So pre-press? I...
1: You know, so as I I mentioned, I was a a hardcore Apple guy, Um, still am for the most part. Um, Yeah. And so I started, like a lot of Apple people, with HomeKit. Um, I wanted the ability to turn on a couple lights, um, keep it simple. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I started with, you know, Siri and a couple of HomeKit lights. Um, And once I kind of got there, I realized I really liked it. So I actually ran HomeKit for the better part of a year um and during that year i was you know involved in homebridge the tie in non homekit devices and kind of okay. make a bunch of stuff work together um and then we were on a we were on a call one day at work and one of my coworkers mentioned oh i use this home assistant platform and i kind of said ah, i think it's a little beyond me um so i kind of ignored it for about 6 months started doing a little more looking and you know I, I really started to like what the platform had to offer and how open it was um and how friendly it looked um you yeah. know it was daunting as a new person getting into it but it still looked friendly enough to learn sure um so you know i kind of started my transition to move all my home kit stuff over to there and then i still re-exposed most of it back to HomeKit. um for at least a little while. Um, so I kind of ran both systems. Uh, and, and you know, and then I eventually, I'm mostly completely off HomeKit now. So it's all Echoes and and Home Assistant. Now. Right, right. So, and I've, I've been about two and a half years now on on Home Assistant. So.
2: so what was your driving for? I know that Home Assistant has a pretty good integration with HomeKit recently um, and, and you know, constantly being added in. What was your what feature made you want to move away from Siri and go over to the Amazon? Honestly,
1: it was the cost of a HomePod. Oh, yes. (laughs) I get it uh um,
2: like they were they
1: were too much to stomach i couldn't do it i could put echoes in every room of my house yep. for the cost of a home pod and so i decided i wanted something that would do text to speech and would be able to do that um you know the text to speech thing was kind of a later decision the as an assistant i love siri um just because it is tied into most of what i do yep. but sure. the, there's some cost implications there that that just didn't make sense for us um at the time that I started, at least. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and good thing, too. So, again, room, I don't know how true it is. Rumor is that Apple's killing off the HomePod, right? So. The big
1: HomePod is dead. The big, so, they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're focusing on the HomePod mini, which, I mean, you know, had that come out three years ago, this sure. my, my whole system could be very different today. Um, yeah, yeah. But even those aren't still nearly as flexible as an Echo in the infrastructure, right?
0: No, exactly. And, and the nice thing is here, you kind of get the best of all of the different worlds because you can say, hey, you know, I want to do things in Echo. I can do things in Home Assistant. I can.
1: Yep. And we have a couple of Google Minis in the house too. Like, yeah, you know, i i don't I don't play favorites. We we've got a little bit of every tech in the house, sure, and sure. my wife hates it, and I love it, and yeah. you know, we're kind of good. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's. I mean, I think I think a lot of people are similar too, right? I'm I'm yep. kind of the same boat. I've got i think three Google Homes, and the rest are all Echoes. That's cool. So what uh what kind of stuff are are you running at home? So obviously you work in in AV, so I guess maybe we can start with that. What what's what's your AV setup look like?
1: Um, you know what? It's funny, kind of like any, any person who's involved in a lot of stuff for work. Um, my, my dreams are much bigger than my pocketbook. (laughs) Um, so, you know, I, have got a nice home theater system. I've got a decent home theater in the basement with a a 70 inch sharp display, um, you know, decent system down there. Um, but for the most part in the rest of my house, you know, there's not a lot of AV stuff in this house. Um, I haven't sunk a lot of money into it. Um, you know, most of my money has been focused on, oh, I've got 50 bucks here, a hundred bucks there, what kind of new, light switch can i buy or what kind of new bulb can i buy sure. um just to kind of keep my hobby going um i actually find our tv in the basement doesn't even get used to be honest um, yeah it's you know it's down there but we don't we don't really use it it's i, I don't focus on the av stuff at home very much
2: so okay. Apple TV. I was. I was waiting. Yeah, I've Apple got. Apple
1: TV? <laughs> yeah, I've got an Apple TV. We've got. I mean, we've got four TVs in the house. They've all got Apple TVs, yeah. um, and you know that's what we use for everything. Um, yeah. you know, I've I've got those. You know, I'm working, on getting them all tied back into Home Assistant to be able to know what apps are running on them at any given time, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I do certain automations based on well, is Netflix running or is Spotify running. And I can right. change, you know, WLED presets, and I can change Hyperion presets yep. uh, to change my backlighting on and off, depending on if I'm in a movie platform or a game platform or whatever, right? Yes,
2: yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, so are all the TVs tied into Home Assistant, or is that something you're, you're working on?
1: Um, I have one TV that I can kind of tie into Home Assistant. All yep. my other ones are too old. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do have my Harmony remotes tied in. So like they're tied in, but not directly. I do them yep, through sure. my Harmony remotes. So. Yep, yep,
2: yeah. Nice. I'm just imagining, nice, yeah. you know, like, you'd be a, a great contender for someone with, like, a, a tablet and just, you know, press a button and the blinds go down and, you know, your home theater, like, sets up and, you know, you've got, yeah. Working on it. The dream.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. The, pro- the problem is, is the home theater room is also the board game room. Uh, uh, and so, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little while, but, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. room's already pretty automated, so to add some more stuff might not be too bad. Yeah, I've just got to yep. decide how to how to treat it. <laughs> That's funny.
0: What uh, what what else What else are you doing? Like so in terms of like lighting and like, um, whatever.
1: So honestly, my house is kind of like um, you know that dog you rescue that you don't know it's got twelve thousand different breeds in it. Um, sure. That's my house. So we've got okay, Lutron. Okay. I've got TP Link. I've got Belkin. I've got. Um, some Z-Wave stuff, I've got some Tuya stuff, I've got Ikea Tradfree stuff, I've got Nanoleaf stuff, Mm -hmm, um, because I've kind of always been of the, oh, I like how these work, but something has to work a little better. And so then I'll try something else, and I'll decide that didn't work any better, but something still has to work better than the first one, and so I'll buy a different Switch. And so now you right. walk through my house, and there's literally like seven brands of Switches, and they all look different, and now it drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But now I don't have the money to rip them out and redo them all <laughs> with one kind of Switch, so I'm kind of stuck with them for a while. Yeah. Um, so you know we do that. I'm running the system on a, on a Pi 4. Um, okay. You know, I've gone through a few iterations. I started on a Pi three. I moved it on to like a little micro PC. That was a failed experiment. Um, I ran it in a VM on my iMac for a while. Also a failed experiment. Right. Ended up back on a Pi four. Um, okay. Well, so have you know, why did those kinda, experiments
2: fail? Like,
1: um the the problem with having it in a VM on my iMac was. Th- I didn't find it reliable to always make sure that VM was running. Yep. So at the end of my work day, I'd either shut down my computer by accident and then yeah, all of a sudden so I'd crap. go downstairs yeah. and be like, turn on the lights Yep. What the hell turn on the lights. Yep. Yep. And Oh yeah, I shut my computer off. Um, and then honestly <laughs> yeah. the other one, the hardware just wasn't robust and it just kept crashing on me. So right. I, uh, I just moved it back off of that thing. So now that computer sits on a shelf and I don't know what to do with it. So
0: Um, Yeah. Are are you are you using like supervised or are you what do you what do you do?
1: Just the standard, just the standard. I can't remember what all the nomenclature changed to, um, but just the standard image for for a pie. Okay. Yeah, so like Hasso or something with the yeah. virtual environment and whatnot. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's cool. interesting. I'm guessing the mini PC would have just um, run out of hardware. Or, or something. Yeah,
1: it was. I kept getting just some weird hardware errors on yeah. it that that I couldn't resolve. I was getting these weird Linux errors on it, and yep. I, yes. it wasn't worth my time to troubleshoot it for yeah. what a, what the cost of a Pi Four was. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. It. Yeah.
0: That that makes sense. And then so so with that, so now that's all stable. That's all.
1: Yeah. I don't think my Pi has even been restarted in eight months.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Re- the real question is, what do you use for for automation? Do you use the standard Home Assistant one, or do you use like, uh, Node Red? I,
1: I am so so when I started, um, I was all about learning YAML. And yeah. I realized very quickly as someone who doesn't code, um, I was never going to be able to realize some, some full benefits of what I wanted to do. So I made the hard switch to Node-RED about a year and a half ago. Nice. Um, and I haven't looked back. I don't have Ooh. a single, I don't think I have a single automation left in YAML. I think every one of my wow. key automations is in Node-RED now, um, aside from maybe just a couple very, very minor ones that I never bothered to move. But pretty much all my automations are in Node-RED now. That's cool.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny so my my one colleague I was just talking to him yesterday actually and uh, well a couple of days ago I was like honestly I, I i'm still not sold on it I don't get it whatever right for, with node red and uh for the first time he actually took me through a proper walkthrough yesterday and I was like okay okay I can kind of <laughs> get behind it right and 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 i'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot I know, I know Phil and I have been notorious for being <laughs> like, I'll get it.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny. Like, you know, I've listened through lots of the episodes of the podcast. I've seen lots of people online and and Node Red is one of those very polarizing things I've found. Yeah. People either love it or people are like, what's wrong with you? Just do it in YAML. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, for me, the, the decision was easy for me because I'm not a coder and there was things that I wanted to do that I couldn't wrap my mind around how I was ever going to accomplish them with lines of code. Um, and so to be able to, to flip over to Node Red and, you know, do most of it with very little coding was hugely helpful for me. There, there's things in my house that today, um, and I have a much better understanding of YAML today than I even did when I started this. Um, there's things I couldn't wrap my mind around today on how to accomplish them in YAML Mm -hmm. without, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, of research and trying and trying and trying sure. um, versus what I've been able to do in my Node-RED environment. Yeah.
0: And, and, and I, I can totally sympathize with that, right? Again, I'm not a coder by any means either, right? And, you know, I, I understand the YAML platform, I, like, with w- with regards to Home Assistant stuff like that. But I still sometimes, you know, depending on the day, it's, it's still, <laughs> there's still days when I sit there and struggle and I'm like, I, I don't get it, right? And, you know, that's typically when I'll start to bug people like Phil.
1: Fair enough.
0: (laughs) Dude, especially with templates and things like that, it's like okay, this starts to get yeah. yeah. I mean, my, it, can, it can get complex, right? You know, yeah, my
1: very my very first automation, like true automation that I ever did in um in YAML was um was Phil's washer uh, nice. Uh,
2: nice. Yeah, project. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that was the very first like complex automation that I ever finished in YAML, um, and that one took me forever to even wrap my mind around how it was working. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I got it working, it was like, okay, this is great. And then I tried to apply it to some other things. It's like, okay, they kind of work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they don't really work. And yeah. when they
0: work, you have no idea why. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that.
2: Talk to me about um, like who's in your smart home. Like, how many people have you got to?
1: So there is. There's four of us. Um, so there's me and my wife, yep. and then we have our three and a half year old daughter, yep. and we have a daughter who just turned one in February.
2: Nice. Okay.
1: Um. So it's it's the four of us. Um. And, you know, we've, you know, our, our oldest is kind of at the point that she realizes she can talk to a speaker and try to make it do things, but can't quite yeah. enunciate enough to make the speaker <laughs> react. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm looking Amazing. forward to the moment when she realizes that she could start doing a bunch of stuff in the house by talking to the speaker in her room. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but in the meantime, we always just joke that one day she's going to go to her friend's house and she's going to yell at somebody to turn the lights on and Absolutely. they're just going to yell back and say, turn the lights on yourself <laughs>
0: that's so funny it's i mean i have, have you looked at any of uh james's stuff so it it, it 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 always uh intrigues me right so james callahan who who we've had on the show a couple of times
1: yeah i think i remember hearing hearing some episodes
2: yeah
0: yeah where so he's basically made a whole he's basically gamified parenting essentially <laughs> Um, and, and, and it's pretty awesome. Um, uh, if like, if you haven't, I, I would definitely recommend checking that out. It's uh,
1: yeah, I'll it's check it out a little fun. more. We haven't done too much that involves the girls. Um, you know, they share a bedroom and we've got, um, you know, her bed has like ground effects. So she's got under bed lighting, um, using W lead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she loved the lights, but she, you know, she couldn't change them. She couldn't do anything with them. So I actually built her a box, that's got uh, an e s p thirty two in it and it's it's all built up using um e s p home and so she can now control the color of her lights, she can change presets using little mm, toggle buttons nice. and it just sits next to her bed, so she can like pull mission control into her bed and she can do <laughs> stuff with the buttons but at eight o'clock when it's time for her to start settling down, the buttons just stop working nice. and, yes, the, yep. and the and the w led ramps for sixty minutes down to five percent, and then overnight it hangs out at five percent just to give her a bit of a night light um and then at like midnight it just turns off completely okay that's nice so and then you know if she wakes up in the middle of the night and she wants to use her w that she can't yeah (laughs) she'll she'll get you know so the first few nights of that was frustrating for her but now she knows that at bedtime she can play with it for a half hour and then it'll just stop working
2: she can put it down and she can move on with her life right (laughs) <laughs> I like it. um any triggers like if she wakes up in the middle of the night and has to go to the bathroom and you like to the lights turn back up or... we
1: don't right now um so one of my other failed experiments was doing bed presence mm-hmm. um using an hx 711 and four four corners on her bed posts um so yeah. that if we, if she got out of bed in the middle of the night it could ramp up her nightlight automatically yeah. um but it malfunctioned and now it thinks that she weighs like 4,000 pounds. Oh, and yeah. so at any given moment, it always thinks she's in bed. And so I have to figure out what's going on with it. But that was the grand plan. Yeah. Um, but we do have a door sensor on her door. So if she opens her door in the middle of the night, it can let us know. Um, but that will also turn on the the overhead light in the room just to like a 10% red. We've got Philips Hue lights in there. Yeah. Nice. So it won't yeah. wake up her sister. But she, if she gets out of bed, it's not a big deal. So. Oh, oh, nice.
0: Yeah. It's it's funny because I'm chuckling because you said the HX-711 and doing the bed presents and stuff like that. I, I started going down that path and then <laughs> it was it was another failed Rohan experiment, right? Which was, uh, I, I legit just couldn't get it to make contact properly. Yeah, it um, worked as in, really well for a while. It's actually messed up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it worked yeah. really well for a while and then one day it was just like... Nope, everything on this bed weighs 3,000 pounds, and <laughs> yeah. that's just how it is. So I don't know if, if like one of my contacts broke or if one of my four load sensors broke and now something's going weird with it, um, but trying to troubleshoot under her bed is ridiculous because I've got now like 10 million miles of wire under her bed, and it's just not fun to yeah, deal with, with and, it, and just not a, a priority right now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, it, it's
0: funny because I've looked at I've looked at some of the other things, right? Like Withings has that like matte thing and things like that. And I was like, ah, really? Is
2: that- yeah, but it's like so. So I bought it's it. cloud based. I don't want it. I'm guessing they're gonna be cloud based, knowing Microsoft.
0: I think or- it is. I, maybe it syncs with your phone. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. So I got it, and uh, essentially, what what happened? Like I I don't know. Like I, I I could feel it under the under the sheets and stuff. Like you're, you're not supposed All to. Right. But it's, I could, and, and I don't know, it just like felt really uncomfortable. So I sort of returned it. total princess in the
1: pea syndrome, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, 100%. But it's like, it's it's unnatural, right?
1: It is. I've actually looked at doing something fairly similar. Um, basically, using I think there was somebody on the podcast once who might have done this, where they basically took a dumb a dumb mat that had an alarm on it, and you cut yep, the yep, alarm. A doormat. Um, I'm basically looking at doing that, but with a mat that's designed to tell if an old person has fallen out of their bed at a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. those mats are a little more sensitive and and really made to track that kind of a load. Um, but you can get them from like local healthcare stores that also have the inbuilt alarms on them. So I think oh, that's gonna be my next right. road is going down that road, cutting the alarm off and integrating yeah. it. You using ESP Home, I might give that a try next.
0: Yeah, so I, I I thought of doing that too, right? And I was like, okay, that might be something cool because I could put that between the between the mattress and the. And the and the yep. bed frame or the mm-hmm. whatever right or the the box spring. I was like, okay, so maybe that's something you can do, but because then then it doesn't really interfere in your back, right? Like or w- yeah. where you're lying down, you can't feel well, it. The other like, nice but... thing
1: about doing it that way, as opposed to doing it with. Um with bed post sensors would be that you would have discrete sensors for each half of the bed. So in a shared bed, yes. you're yep. no longer trying to run math on well, who's the two heavy people, and yep. does it equate to one person, what side of the bed are they on? You can have discrete sensors now that would do each half of the bed, which, which I could see being very, yeah. very beneficial.
0: Yeah, totally. And and I mean, the other thing is too, I mean, yeah, you're right, there is math involved. I've, I've seen a lot of people that have done it because they're like, okay, well, I weigh, I don't know, whatever, like 150 pounds, and my partner weighs oh, 80 pounds right so it's like okay if you see 150 great if you see 80 it's the other side if you see more then great it's both of us right it might again they're not exact exact but like you know whatever if you see roundabouts this
1: this amount yeah. so
2: so I think what would be your favorite automation that you've got that you if you had to pick one what, what is it
1: you know so you know part of what started my conversation with you guys is you um, I've always been looking for a unique use case for home assistants. So if you ever ask any of the people that I've I've you know preached the home assistant Kool-Aid to, I've said, I wanna find something that nobody else is doing. And I wanna I wanna tie that into my life.
0: Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy video lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored. So you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door.
1: So I am a huge board gamer, you know we've we've got a basement full of board games um that's got nanoleaf lights and lutron dimmers and our home theater system um and i really wanted to find a way to make that all kind of cohesive i really like environmental board gaming so if if okay. i'm playing a game about vikings i want viking themed music in the background i want my nanoleaf lights to match the color of the board that i'm playing and i want my lights to dim to certain levels um so you know I, I started thinking about well how can I how can I make this cool, how can I make this fun? Um and so what I settled on was I actually built an NFC reader um prior to um you know the there's now a much better integration in ESP mm. home, but I have I have one coded in Arduino um and I've built it into yeah. just like a little single gang electrical box that's on my home theater and every one of my board games has an NFC tag in it. And that NFC tag contains the text of the the game title. And so when I set up my game, I put the box um, next to the TV where I store the box. You know, once we've set up, it reads that tag. And then I've got this this Mm. fairly intricate um, automation that sets all my banks of lighting. It finds a Spotify playlist that's thematic. It sets all of my colored lighting. It starts a timer so I know how long I've played the game for. Um, But it also uses the Alexa Media to announce the name of the game, welcome us to the basement for the game, Pick from random phrases about the game to say so if we're playing a game about vikings it'll say enjoy looting and pillaging in your game of raiders of of the north sea tonight and it will set all that up automatically and so all of a sudden we're playing in this kind of immersive space where we've got awesome music to to match our awesome board game um and what it does is it snapshots the room so if we were watching the hockey game before we decided to play a game and i remove the box it actually will revert the basement to exactly what it was before i write a dynamic scene so it'll turn the tv back on it'll make sure that all my lights go back the way they were it'll stop the timer it sends me a push notification so i know how long we played for yeah um and then i've got um i don't have my tablet on the wall anymore right now but typically i have a tablet on the wall that will show the cover art for the game and and stuff like that so it's it's been this kind of labor of love that i started right after the pandemic started and Mm -hmm. uh you know i worked on it for probably the better part of almost six months kind of you know leading into that and then the pandemic hit i'm like well now i got nothing better to do so i'm going to work on this with every waking moment (laughs) of my day um and so you know that's that's one that i never could have accomplished i don't think in yaml um, mm-hmm. but i did have to teach myself a fair you know yeah. a decent amount of java because i've got a couple big function nodes that yep. i was like well i need to do this it's gonna have to be java so i better start learning you know so i took some online courses in java so i could automate my board game room mm, <laughs> I like
0: it. it's, it's it's great it's great the extent people go to to just i mean like, the dedication but, but, man. But, that's awesome I, that's it right but but it's, that's awesome though like and and i love that you you were kind of like i gotta do something cool right and and You know, if if you again, if you're somebody that likes board games and things like that, it's it's super super representative of you, right? It's uh, so there's there's definitely a level of respect for that one. That's that's really cool.
1: Oh, thanks. I'm I'm looking forward to sharing it with my friends (laughs) so they'll be able to come over and see it in person. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and you know, I found a guy online who had a really cool way of um randomly selecting voices for the Alexa text to speech. Um, so it actually now picks from 14 random voices every time it reads. So it's not the same voice every time, which gives it more of a feel like it really is the house trying to be the super creepy big brother. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, it's kind of neat. I think it might weird my wife out a little bit when it when it talks to us um, but it, it works really well um, and it's it's been yeah. a lot of fun to put together i can just imagine like you know, awesome. if you're
2: going to play like you know like a, a medieval board game or something it would be cool instead of maybe um, instead of music you would have like just background chattering you know like white noise of that period right that would be really cool mm-hmm. like-
1: that's what I do for one of my games. So one of my games is uh all about um like bird watching oh, and, wow. <laughs> and attracting birds yeah. to your, your <laughs> okay. habitat. And so so all of my, my yeah. Spotify playlist is just bird sounds. That's cool. And so in 5.1 in the basement, you know, we get all these like fluttering birds all over the place. And it's just kind of this super serene feel to the game. But you actually feel like you can hear the birds you're you're working with.
0: That's really cool. um,
1: So that's been kind of cool. And I actually store all that information in a Google sheet. So once I when I add a new game, it's just a new row in a Google sheet. Um, and so that Google Sheet has the name of the game, but it also has, um, numeric values for all my light bank percentages and colors for my Nanoleaf lights, okay. um, oh. colors for my WLED lights. And so my function node actually, I actually have a node in Node Red that pulls that in every time there's a new NFC read. It pulls that in off Google Sheets, it finds the record that matches, and then it uses all of those as the variables in my few, f- f- further nodes, sorry um so if i if i don't like my lights at 50 percent, i want them at 30 all i have to do is that's awesome that way yeah
2: like you don't have to every time you buy a new board game or change you know i want this change you don't have to go in and edit javascript you can just go in and bam there it is right yeah and
1: it's it's worked really really well it's fast it's reliable um and it doubles Mm -hmm. as game management for me so i also then know i at any time what games i have in my collection
2: you said you were using a timer to track you know how long you played a game. Are you recording that anywhere? Like, are you charting that or is it just straight to the push notification?
1: So I'm not today. Um, today, I just send it to myself um, because I track but- separately in an app on my phone. Um, one of my next goals with this is that the website that I track, ultimately track my games onto, which is called Board Game Geek, has an open oh. API that you can yeah. you can push into with okay. Java. Um, so eventually, I'd like to be able to take those plays and it knows what game and it knows how long and push yeah. that play in automatically uh, to that website, which would then push back into my phone in the app that I use. Um, but it looks a little a little hinky, um, and so I haven't gone down that road yet because I don't <laughs> want to break my database yeah. that I've already got built yeah. of all my games and all my playtimes, right? Yeah. So oh,
2: that's that's really cool. cool. Yeah, I like that. You, yeah, you just like how can I make this? You know, how can I improve my? You know, my hobby and take it to the next level, right? Like, yeah, great. Yeah, it's got kind of a cool
0: marriage, right? Yeah, and 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 again, it really brings that experience, right? So uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited to find out you know, some of the reactions of people when they, when, you know, when the pandemic hopefully ends mm-hmm. at some point and, and you have people over, right. And, you know, just to see, see what that's like. And, and in that full experience too, right. I, Cause I mean, I'm guessing it's just probably you and your partner right now that are the two of you guys that are just playing, right. Maybe one of your kids or something like that, but um rather than like a room full of like eight or 10 people playing a board game, that's like,
1: you know, different vibe, right? Like yeah hundred percent. So, and, and even, you know, even the two of us, like, even if we go down, like we both notice if I forget to put yeah. the box by the TV, because, you know, we'll no, say, yeah. oh, the music's not here. Okay. Let me go put the box down because we immediately notice that that isn't there anymore or that the lights aren't quite the way we normally have them when we play. If I quickly set up, cause we've yeah, found ourselves yeah. with a half an hour to play a game. Right. Um, so, you know, it's quickly become a, we notice <laughs> if it doesn't <laughs> <Nah>. happen, <laughs> um, and, and it's a little off-putting to not have that music and not have that lighting change and and not be in our normal environment anymore. Sure. Right? That's
0: interesting. So, so it's basically just uh, you just have the NFC tag just stuck to the box or whatever. And then...
1: Yep, I have it in the same spot in every okay. box. And so I always just know the box goes in a certain orientation in yeah. regards to the title of the game. And then I just slide it next to the reader and then it reads and it... It goes Interesting that it it's knows very to cool.
2: pick like it can pick up that it's left the n f c tag like
1: I just so the way that I did it in arduino um is it's it's basically it pulls the reader every second
2: right yep
1: and so every second it's checking okay yes it's there it's there yep. it's there it's there and if it ever changes to nothing there that's when my binary sensor changes in or not my binary sensor my yep. main sensor changes in home assistant yep. so that's how i know if it's there or left right. or there or that left interesting
0: i wonder i wonder if you could do like I, I don't know how you store your games but if assuming it's on like some kind of shelf or something like that i wonder if you can put it put like a bigger reader there and say hey the game is gone and i have seriously
1: thought about trying (laughs) to figure out how to make that work um i just i think the undertaking would be incredible
0: oh 100 percent, it would be
1: (laughs) but but i mean it's going through my mind many many times
0: yeah because you could do cool things right let's say somebody somebody is uh hey i want to i want to check out this game so I pull out the game and then the music starts playing and things like that right just to kind of get in the vibe of like ooh, okay maybe this is a cool one just to pick a game right even yeah
1: no i i totally agree and i'd love to try to get there um you know it may be something i try to demo even and i have one of those um those ikea shelves that have the cubes that's how i store my games so even to try to set it up on one of them the problem would be is you'd have to have a whole bunch of readers to capture enough enough space right
2: yeah, I wonder if you could do something uh, like a with a door window sensor, like one like even those cheap Xiaomi door window sensors, right? Like, and as soon as the box gets pulled away, like the box would have the magnet inside it, and as soon as the box gets pulled away, yeah. then it knows, all right, this game's been pulled out. Now I know this game's yeah. gone. Right,
0: that, that can get pretty costly
1: if, though. Yeah,
2: I guess. But as opposed to needing how many, if you, if you have a lot many, of, games. how much is an Arduino NFC tag really like?
1: Uh, mine was about. 16 bucks to make really oh that's i was i would have thought that yeah was it wasn't much, bad yeah i mean yeah it wasn't much and then it was like nine billion hours to make it work <laughs> yeah but once yeah. you got one but working, I mean, once, you, but once yeah. you got the code yeah
0: you got a hundred yeah. working right like it's
2: yeah exactly so yeah. or alternatively we we've talked about um like machine learning like deep stack and image processing why don't you just get a camera <laughs> like facing and Yeah. Oh, man. Just, you know, every minute, just pull the, take a picture of your box of, your catalog of games and whatever's not there. That's it. It's gone. I mean,
1: I mean, my wife probably is not allowed to listen to this podcast (laughs) because she's just not going to like you guys for these ideas you're putting in my head.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, even, even if you have a security camera in that room, you can just have that look at that, right? And just create the image.
1: That's actually an interesting way to do it. I hadn't thought about that. Um, and and I have some wise cameras and stuff kicking around here that I could maybe start to try that yeah, with. So. All you need to do is like yeah. train
2: it like on a certain pixel of the image that it's looking at, right? Like if that box, like if that yep. know, I can't see that character of the box anymore, then it's moved. Then I know it's gone, right? So, Interesting. yeah.
0: Or or even again using that same concept, it's a little less flexible, but using the same concept of uh, what you do for keeping the box up top or or whatever, right? Like on top of the. <clears> on <throat> sorry, on a mm-hmm. tabletop. And just have a have a camera pointing down straight yeah. at the tabletop and hey great, you know what? Oh, boxes in frame. What boxes? Oh, it's Catan. Cool. Like based on that, do the, whatever, right?
1: The other way I've thought about doing it um on a shelf basis is um is just cheap read switches. Yes. Yep. And so mounting yeah. reed switches along the back edge that as soon as the box is in far enough it'll it'll contact that read switch into an yep. ESP. Um, you know, and I could do like four or five of them per ESP or yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, Assu- that, assuming that could be goes
0: Back in the same spot,
1: which which they always do. They've got they've all got <laughs> a home on the shelf, so um, you know that that could be an option too. But in then the future. I think if you did that,
2: mm-hmm. uh, pulling Rohan's thing a bit further, you would then have to automate if someone puts it back in the wrong spot that they get told off. You know?
1: Oh, definitely. <laughs> Although usually my spidey senses tingle and I do that <laughs> manually. <laughs> You gotta get—I
0: uh, forget her name—the the lady that makes those uh, really crappy robots or whatever. <laughs> just <laughs> slap somebody inside the head. I love it, um, but uh, but yeah, no, that that's that's really interesting. Um, yeah, that, that there's, but there's, it's it's cool because I mean, even now for me in my head, I'm like, oh, there's like all these different ways that you can look at doing whatever, right? So eventually, you're gonna have the world's most expensive IKEA cabinet. <laughs> that <laughs> could be a thing. It's, it's true. It's, the world's most technologically advanced IKEA cabinet there. So life <laughs> goals. It. Right. So,
2: Anthony, you've obviously got, <laughs> so you've got your new uh, game system, uh, game automation system set up. What's your future plans? Like, what, what's something you've have you thought surely during this pandemic you've had so much time to go oh what do we want to do that too right
1: you know there, there's some things that i want to i want to do i want to get so i i've recently set up the steam sensor um for yep. video games mm-hmm. um and so i want to do some more work in my office to do some lighting and some computer automations based on my steam so account what you're logging into a game
2: stuff at
1: the time yep yep um you know do that it can automatically open discord or yep. whatever um you know some different things like that um you know we we want to yep. do some more work in the girls room and in terms of you know the door sensor and you know if she comes out at night versus if the door opens during the day what does that look like um you know there i haven't necessarily had a lot of time it's funny you would think over the last year i would have had a lot of time to think of a lot of new stuff <laughs> i wanted to do but i've actually found myself way busier um just because we you know we we've had a lot more time to focus on some family stuff yeah. and whatever um, sure Uh, so, you know, I, some of it is I want to bring some of my old Mac automations that worked really well in the, in the native app into my PC environment. So set up, setting up my PC, um, you know, I, I use my, I have WLED lighting under our Mm -hmm. cabinets. In our kitchen and I use them as a giant presence light for if I'm in a Teams or Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, So my girls know if they look up and the kitchen is red, don't go up because I'm in a meeting. Um, But doing that in Windows is nowhere near as reliable as it was doing it on my Mac because I'm trying to do it through IoT link and I'm trying to do it through presence light and I'm firing, you know, API Mm -hmm. hooks all over the place. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's super delayed. Um, So, you know, I'm trying to find, you know, better ways to to do that. Um, I want to find better ways to deal with guest mode um you know uh, right now it's it's a bit of a manual process in our house um so i want to get that tied into a calendar you know we've had more than one occasion where our um you know our in-law my in-laws or or whoever has come over to watch the girls and we'll leave the house and we'll forget turn on guest mode and my kid's in the middle of Paw Patrol, oh, no. and then the TV turns off, and she, like, loses her ever-loving mind. Of course. Um, so now we've made it so that when we both leave the house, we actually get notifications that are actionable to our watches. Mm. That we can say, yes, turn everything off, or no, don't turn everything off. So we get the final say That's on the if, right if there's idea. a guest yeah. in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we are, you know, I'm working to tie that into, um, into a calendar that, that looks for the word guest in any any entry that can automatically turn on guest mode based on that calendar yep. entry. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it now is just, you know, tweaking what I've got to try to make it work a little better. Um, you know, things like our garbage day reminders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people do them. Um, we, I think I do it differently than a lot of people because I do it based on the first time the light in our kitchen turns on on garbage day. And so, I don't just need a bunch of announcements going through the house, but there's always someone down going into the kitchen at about 6:30 a.m. because we're starting to get ready for work or whatever. So as soon as that light turns on for the first time, the echo in that room tells that person, Hey, don't forget it's garbage day. We sure. Run that stuff out. Um, and so just even tweaking that stuff, you know, in a world where, you know, I don't go down there every day anymore and my wife's still on mat leave. And so we might not be down there until eight thirty, and by then we've missed garbage day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, just tweaks, I think at this point until I really have some, you know, big aha moment on something new that I want to do. Sure. Um, you know, I, I also want to I – I use MyQ for yep. my garage door, which is the worst thing on the planet. Oh, my God. Don't, um, don't get me started <laughs> on that. Yes. I,
0: I, comp- I concur.
1: So I'm going to – you know, I want to build my own um and get a new one that's a little more reliable. Um, yeah. You know, that will probably be a summer project around here is getting that working a little better.
2: Yeah. Um, can, I, can I just say as yeah, a, that's kinda, kind of a very random tangent, just as you were saying about – guest mode and, and things leaving just as literally as you were talking mom home assistant decided that it thought i couldn't see my phone anymore and i'm home alone at the moment so everything in my house is shut down while you were talking so the struggle nice. is real right <laughs> the struggle <laughs> so, is real
1: right. uh, yeah when you when you leave the grandparents who don't know how to use your house and everything turns yeah. off it's yeah. it's not a it's not an invite to free childcare for mm. much longer. <laughs> that much, I like it. That's right. Uh, That's funny. So, and then I guess sorry. And then I guess my only other project is I'm trying to tie Telegram in a little more and kind of have Telegram as my my messaging platform for info in and out using our phones. Yeah. Um. And and really trying to work in Node Red on a on a central message processing mm-hmm. engine that I can fire info in from any other flow process yep. it in the same way for all of my message and then process it out to wherever it needs to go and so i've found a few people that have done something similar and so now i'm just trying to take that and learn how it works and and kind of you know change it up for what i'm i'm envisioning but i haven't quite gotten to what my final
2: vision is for So it is yet, that right. for you to I be able know. to talk to the house like you know as a, in a conversation sort of matter. yeah
1: basically you know it essentially replacing my ios notifications and doing most of them through telegram and being able to almost converse with home assistant um to get the status of different things by replying to those messages um and really making it just an ios replacement for for push messages because then they can come to my desktop they can go to my work computer they can go wherever i need them to instead of just my phone got it okay i
0: I was actually just gonna ask like what was the what was the motivation behind Telegram specifically rather than like the iOS app or or the Android app but yeah, I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean it's nice, you know, it, to be able to get desktop notifications of that stuff is yeah. is really handy especially when I'm at the mm-hmm. office, you know, should I ever go back. Um and so to be able to just, you know, I can be working away, I can see in the top corner of my screen without looking at my watch, looking at my phone if I'm in a meeting, I can see something yeah. happen, I can send a quick slash you know, open and I could open the garage door or I could do this and I could, you know, I could fire a command in that way instead of it just being actionable notifications with buttons. I could actually customize a whole bunch of commands to be able to essentially converse and control home assistant right from that interface.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, that, that makes, that makes complete sense. Cause I know, I know a lot of people that would, from, from a just notification perspective, that would use, you know, iOS app on iOS and then they, they might use, you know, whatever they use for work, whether it's, you know, WebEx teams, Microsoft teams, Slack, what, whatever it is. And then, you know, tie it into there. Right. So they have multiple notification streams, but what you're saying actually makes complete sense in terms of why, why use Telegram or why not use Telegram? Right.
1: Yeah, and I think that you know, I think the idea will be um, that I move most of my messaging into Telegram, but anything that I want to keep as a critical notification will stay in the iOS app because then I can yeah. treat it as a true critical notification. So if you know, if if I put a water sensor under my hot water tank and all of a sudden it starts leaking, that would come through as an iOS notification because yeah. it's critical; I have mm-hmm. to get it. Um, versus, hey, you know, your wife just left the house or whatever—I don't care—that yeah. can come through Telegram. So.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny because I've tried to keep my notifications to a minimum, right? Just because, you know, I, I got a thousand emails, thousand messages, thousand, whatever. So I don't like, you know, it's just another one, like, especially when you're, you're in the middle of something else important, right? Whereas, you know, home assistant, I'm always like, okay, door is open or something like that, right? It's, it's actually something where, you know, I want my attention to be, to be caught and, and, and notice that, right?
1: Yeah. And, and typically my, my thought has been the same. I don't have a ton of things that push out to my phone as yeah. notifications. They're usually things I need to action. Um, but they're, they're things that I need to action in different ways. Um, you know, you know, my phone telling me your garage door has been open for five minutes and nobody's home. That's what I need to deal mm-hmm. with right now. So I'll, you sure. know, that one comes through as a critical alert. But if it's, Hey, you've both left the house. Do you want to turn everything off? Well, if I don't see that for five minutes, or if I'm driving, I don't need to get worried that something is critical. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it can come through. And and the nice, the cool thing about doing it with um, with homeless with, with Telegram is instead of just having two buttons for turn everything off or don't turn everything off, I can have uh, commands that I could just you know, reply with slash one slash two slash three, and they could all do something different instead of them cool. being hard buttons that show up in that actionable notification. Yeah, yeah. Plus, if I swipe the notification and don't do anything with it, it's gone in Telegram because it's in a chat. It's I still can there. still action it.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, once you swipe that notification away, there's no getting it back.
1: Especially if you do it by accident and you're like, what did it say? (laughs) I don't know what that notification was. You know, that's the one that happens to me. Was that my garage? Was that this or was that this? And I don't know anymore. So then I have to open Home Assistant to check the status of all these different things.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, the other thing you could do is you can can also, while that happens, you can also have it come in as a persistent notification for like, I don't know, 10 minutes or whatever. True. Remove it, right? Yeah. So then, when you open it, you don't have to look at every entity in in your home assistant, which can get very tedious. This is true, but uh, yeah.
2: So, will you? So, in in terms of Telegram, because I've I've always been fascinated. I've never used the app, so if you know, everyone want to move over. You saying that you know, if home assistant sends you a message on Telegram, that would you at the computer get the same message on your phone at the same time, and then it just depends where you would reply. Yep.
1: Yep so it's kind of like using whatsapp so it's it's just a multi-platform messaging so you know it would show up on my watch and on my phone and on my you know desktop and wherever i reply to it is where i reply to it and you can still use um so you can build in inline keyboard buttons so you can still give canned responses Uh, so if if it's hey your garage was left open close it yes or no you could have those buttons show up in the app and show up in the desktop Mm. app but you could also reply with a different string and that different string could also trigger something that isn't one of the, you know, the other two options.
2: Yeah. Right. It's interesting because I've, I've thought of going the the actually opposite way. I started with um, using Facebook Messenger and, you know, all my alerts would come through um, because, you know, my wife and I would both have Facebook Messenger installed and, you know, the alerts would just come through that. And I found that actually was more jarring, you know, actually having uh, something message you and saying, hey, you know you've got this device just gone offline, what do you want to do? As opposed to just a home notification that's just in the shades, out of the way. So to me, it's sort of... I would take a chat as, you know, something more critical over a notification. But I guess...
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think, I think what, what I like about the idea of Telegram is the ability to ask Home Assistant mm. different things. Yeah. Too. So if you build your bot properly, you could query the state of something probably faster than I could open the Home Assistant app, get to the right page on my dashboard oh, and check it by typing slash girl temp. Okay. Well, that's the temperature in the girl's room or slash garage. Okay. Well, my garage is open or closed. Um, to be able to get to that info really quickly without having to open an app or, or rely yeah. on getting a message to is, is you know, that's something that I think I would like. Um, but I may also get it rolled out and find that it's a total pain <laughs> in the ass and, and may can yeah. it, right? It's, you know, it's like yeah. everything I think that we've all experienced on our, our DIY home automation journey is we all think we have these great mm-hmm. ideas and then we get <laughs> the great idea implemented and it's one of the worst ideas ever. Um <laughs> it's yeah. it could likely be that thing for you yeah, yeah. um
2: yeah. actually just on that my just a few days ago uh, i activated a new automation um that uh lexa media player has the ability to have uh canned phrases that she can say so i hooked it up so when you know we get home for the first time and living room motion is detected that the media player will fire off a um a little message on the Echo Show saying, hey, welcome home, right? It's nice to see you here. That was great. You know, it was lovely. Oh, the house is saying hello to us. Until we walked in with my uh, baby daughter asleep, you know, nap. And as soon as you know who said hello, guess who woke up? And guess which automation now yep, has to be disabled? Yeah. Pronto. We'll
1: you yeah. got one. Yep. I, uh, my, you know, I had an automation in our girls' room that, you know, was to do with the lighting in mm-hmm. the ceiling. And the idea was if, um, you know, if the girls were sick, I have a, I have a Boolean that it's kind of like guest mode and I can turn on yep. sick mode. And so then it knows that the, one of our girls is sick. And so to basically make all of their automations in their bedroom, like it's the middle of the night. So if we open yep. the door, mm. you know, the, the lights come on dim, even if it's noon. Yeah. I had forgotten to set that one day. Our one daughter was really sick. So she was home. It took her forever to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then. I realized I had to grab something. Well, it's not a big deal. She's asleep and the lights are going to turn on red. Well, no, the lights turn on full blast, wake her back up. She's screaming. Um, You know, I've had, I've had moments where as, you know, as a funny, um, you know, people on a video call with me will yell out, turn on all the lights, (laughs) not thinking that they're going to turn on my girls' bedroom lights at the same time. Um, You know, we've had things like that. And so, um, you know, there, there's yeah. always going to be those weird blips where it's like, all of a sudden it's like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to keep <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: that, that's why. So for, for the most part in my guest space, like, so, well, not really guest space, I guess. So right now in the bathrooms, as an example, um, cause again, guest bathroom, whatever, uh, I'm, I'm using Google hopes there so that I can actually, uh, cause, cause in, uh, in home assistant, you can turn on or off in the NapaCast integration, you can turn on or off which devices are exposed mm. to Google. Right. And same way in my in my garage I have one too, right? So that um, person can't just yell "open the garage door" mm-hmm. or whatever, and <laughs> and it opens the garage door, right? Uh, so so you know th- those things are kind of restricted, and and trying to do that kind of thing, right? So
1: that's actually a really uh, I hadn't thought about you know kind of doing the security thing that way by using different platforms and restricting what you've exposed. That's a really interesting way to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Plus, plus it keeps the, I guess, device count low on, on, in my case, in Google, right? So it's just less stuff to manage where, you know, should, should the kids be saying, Hey, turn off the TV or whatever, right? Like in that case, great. If the girls shouldn't be saying that, then, you know, just don't expose that to them, right? Like that, yeah. that, that kind of logic. I mean, yeah, eventually sure. you're going to run out of platforms <laughs> to put in your house because right now you've got basically two to choose from. You might, you might have like one of those, uh, uh, I forget what it's called. I keep wanting to say Jenkins. It's not Jenkins, but it's like those self-hosted uh, yeah. ones. The... Well, Almond, there's... Yeah, there's okay. a couple. So, um, yeah. So, you know.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I, uh, I mean, the the Alexa integration is so powerful. Like, we've we've really enjoyed yeah. having it. So one of the things I've been playing with lots lately is the last sensor mm-hmm. uh, integration yeah. stuff. Um, so I've been... So we've got two Harmony remotes. And in, you know, natively in an Echo, you can't add two Harmony remotes. You can only add yeah. one, which means how do you control the second yep. room properly. Um, so, you know, what we've started doing is I, I basically have the same routine in in my Echo for turning on a TV or turning off a TV, and it fires a Boolean in my system based on which Echo I talk to, yeah. so that I can say, turn on the TV in whatever room, and it turns on the right one, or turn on the lamps, and it turns on just the lamps in that room. And so we're actually starting to do, like, you know, go to channel mm. 300, <laughs> You know, it's so yeah. our you know, our favorite ten channels. So go to the food network, go to home and garden. It will change our living room TV if the living room hears it, it'll change our basement TV if the basement hears it.
0: So I know you can tie for the lights. I don't I don't know if it works with the remotes. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I know with the lights there is localization by default. So that's what I do. So in so I have I have well, whatever rooms I have my echoes in, if I uh, if I go turn on the lights, mm. uh, it'll turn it on in that room, and that's actually native to to it, Amazon. It is.
1: It only works with lights.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, so that's what we is, do
1: with uh, all ours too. So I, I expose yeah. even my even my like outlets that lamps are plugged into. Mm-hmm. I expose them out to Echo to to she who shall not be named. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I expose them out to her. I change them in the Alexa app yeah. to to show as lights so that yes when i um you know when i say that it controls the outlets and the switches and yeah. the bulbs um but it only works for lights and it's super frustrating yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it i think it works with my switches too because i think i think my even my uh my wemos that i have uh controlling my like table lamps and things like that i think i'm not mistaken those come in as well i think well. whatever device you put wrong. in
2: like a a group right like into a a room in the into the into that yeah, room because yeah. I have um I have a, a mode called gray mode right so the living room gray mode you know taken from Star Trek so at nighttime, if we want the lights to be in a you know really dark um, place you know we have a, a thing you know yeah. turn on living room gray mode and my goal is yeah. to change it instead of having to say living room gray mode to just be gray mode and be room contextually aware but I've noticed at the moment that um, for whatever reason if she doesn't recognise that we've said. Um, gray mode she'll just assume we said turn on living room and so that will actually turn on um, not only gray mode which just comes in from home as an input balloon but it'll turn on the tv it'll turn on our air conditioner and it'll turn on yes. all the lights um and then of course gray yes, mode comes in because it's part exactly. of group. <laughs> and then gray mode comes in and turns everything back down but yeah it's just interesting that um yeah there is a lot that it's all powered from that group right yeah, yeah but i but
1: i i think that uh, you know conversely in that group i think i think you can turn the whole room on or the whole yes, room off yep. Or you can say turn on the lights, and it will localize that. But if you were to say turn on the TV in that room, I don't think yeah, that won't do anything. Eh? Yep. Interesting. Okay, mm, but I do like yeah.
2: that. it's a good case, like a use case for using that last sensor in the media player. Like.
1: Yeah, it's super yeah, handy. Yeah. It's it's been working really well. You know, it, it it's it hasn't failed on me yet since I implemented What's it.
2: What's the lag time like? Because I know one of the none. Because I think there's a service you have to call to say you know update the last.
1: Yeah, I force the update yep. immediately. Um, so as soon as, as soon as that uh, boolean triggers as part of my yep. routine, uh, the first thing it does is it forces that mm-hmm. service update. Um, and and it's it's
2: basically yeah, instantaneous. That's awesome. Wow, yeah, that's neat. Uh, adding that to the list, things to that's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Cool. Well, I mean, I think that was a pretty packed episode. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there anything else you want to you want to bring in talk about?
1: No, I I think that's I think that's pretty much it. I talked about pretty much everything I've got. You know, we've got I've got automated blinds in my room here that I don't think I mentioned, but You know, I I think I covered off most of what I do, the the things that I'm looking forward to doing. Um, And I always love hearing, you know, some of the crazy stuff that other people have done when I listen to the podcast too. Um, I remember a while back, you know, one of the podcasts that sticks out in my mind was, I can't remember who it was, but some guy basically had this really elaborate, you know, automation when he was doing the dishes where he had like drain sensors and so if the water was draining yeah. out of his sink, but it was right after dinner, he, it knew he was not doing the dishes yet, but his kids were probably washing their hands. And I was like, mind blown. <laughs> and, and that was the day I started thinking about, well, it's got to be way simpler to do what I want in my basement. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so if, um, if this guy can figure it out, you can too. So yeah, I mean, it's it's been a really, really fun, fun journey, right? Yeah yeah
0: it's and 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 that that's what it's about right at, at the end of the day it's you know enjoy it have fun do something cool right so
2: yeah that's it well anthony thank you so much for taking the time and coming on to us really appreciate it yeah i appreciate it
1: hey no problem thanks for having me cheers
2: cheers if you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io that's h-a-s-s podcast.io
0: The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Caramandy. For links to topics that we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.